for another episode of Library Gals Go to the Library, where your favorite bookworms give our recommendations from the Delaware County District Library. So don't worry, we'll help you find something new to get lost in. Welcome to another episode of Library Gals Go to the Library. Hello. I am one of your co-hosts, Via, and I am here with my other lovely co-host. Hi, I'm Katie, and we're here in the booth. And also, uh, happy International Women's Month. It is uh, March, and that is International Women's Month, and this is actually a, a bit of an anniversary for Library Gals. This is the when we did uh, Library Gals Go to the Movies, our, our first version of this uh our first solo episode was in march and we did another uh international women's month like movie review so was that um we did a little man tate and tigers are not yes. afraid yep tigers are not afraid got it that's right yeah go back and listen to that that was a fun one yeah you'll find that also on our podcast page for the delaware library website um, and, uh, yeah, so yay us. Yay, so yay women. Congratulations to us. We are women, and we are doing things. <laughs> uh, but, yes, so um, this week we have uh, some book reviews for you, and we're going to start off with our top picks. And, of course, because it is International Women's Month, we are doing top new releases by female authors. So, starting with number one, we have The Christie Affair by Nina de Gramont. It is an adult fiction. It's, it's a historical fiction. Um, and it is about the oh-so-famous mystery of what happened to Agatha Christie on those 11 days where she disappeared. Um, and again, I say this is a historical fiction, so don't uh, fully trust that this or anything in this book is is factual to what happened. Um, it is somebody's interpretation and fun fiction play on it. Treat it just as serious as that Doctor Who episode where an alien came in the form of a giant bee and kidnapped Agatha Christie. That's about <laughs> as much thing as you can probably get from this. But it sounds super interesting. I'm, I'm super into this. Uh, it's the greatest mystery wasn't Agatha Christie's disappearance in those 11 infamous days. It's what she discovered. London, 1925. In the world of townhomes and tennis matches, socialites and shooting parties, Miss Nanodia became Archie Christie's mistress, luring him away from his devoted and well-known wife, Agatha Christie. The question is, why? Why destroy another woman's marriage? Why hatch a plot years in the making and why murder? How is Nano Dia so intricately tied to those 11 mysterious days that Agatha Christie went missing? So yes, dun dun dun. Mm -hmm. Very ominous and, and mystery felt, which is perfect for her. Sounds like right up Agatha Alley's, or Agatha Christie's Alley. Absolutely. Agatha Alley's Christie. <laughs> <laughs> Our second book is The Girl Who Fell Beneath the Sea by Axie O. It is a young adult book. It is also historical fiction, but a fantasy one. And uh, it is where, uh, oh, it's also a bit of a romance, too. Mm -hmm. So, deadly storms have ravaged Mina's homeland for generations. Floods sweep away entire villages, while bloody wars are waged over the few remaining resources. Her people believe the sea god, once their protector, now curses them with death and despair. In an attempt to appease him, each year a beautiful maiden is thrown into the sea to serve as the sea god's bride, in the hopes that one day the true bride will be chosen and end their suffering. Many believe that Shim Chong, the most beautiful girl in the village, and the beloved of Mina's older brother June, may be the legendary true bride. But on the night Chong is to be sacrificed, June follows Chong out to sea, 
even knowing that to interfere is a death sentence. To save her brother, Mina throws herself into the water in Chong's stead. Swept away to the spirit realm, the magical city of lesser gods and mythical beasts, Mina seeks out the sea god, only to find him caught in an enchanted sleep. With the help of the mysterious young man named Shin, as well as a motley crew of demons, gods, and spirits, Mina sets out to wake the sea god and bring an end to the killer storms once and for all. But she doesn't have much time. A human cannot live long in the land of the spirits, and there are those who would do anything to keep the sea god from waking. So yeah, that one sounds super good. I, I put that on my list immediately. I would really like to read that one. And that one's Young Adult? That one's Young Adult, and it is currently on order, so you can put yourself on hold for that. Uh, you just won't find it on the shelves immediately. Whereas uh, The Christie Affair, you can find on our shelves now. That'll be under uh, the fiction section, under GRA. That's adult fiction. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. And our third one is Black Girls Must Be Magic by Jane Allen. It is adult fiction. Um... In this highly anticipated second installment of the uh, Black Girls Must Die Exhausted series, so this is the sequel, Tabitha Walker copes with more of life's challenges and a happy surprise, a baby, with a little help and lots of love from friends old and new. For Tabitha Walker, her grandmother's old adage, Black Girls Must Die Exhausted, is becoming all too true. Discovering she's pregnant after she was told she may not be able to even have biological children, Tabitha throws herself headfirst into, into the world of single mothers by choice. Between her job, doctor's appointments, and preparing for the baby, she's worn out. And that's before her boss at the local news station starts getting complaints from viewers about Tabitha's natural hair. When an unexpected turn of events draws Mark, her on-and-off-again ex-boyfriend, back into her world with surprising demands, and the situation at work begins to threaten her livelihood and her identity, Tabitha must make some tough decisions about her and her baby's future. It takes a village to raise a child, and Tabitha turns to the women who have always been there for her. Bolstered by the fierce support of Ms. Gretchen, her grandmother's best friend, the counsel of her closest friends, Layla and Alexis, and the calming presence of her doula, Anduella, sorry about that, mm -hmm. <laughs> Tabitha must find a way to navigate motherhood on her own terms. Will she harness that bravery, strength, and self-love she'll need to keep the village together, find her voice at work, and settle things with Mark before the baby arrives? Tune in next time. No. <laughs> yes, tune into the sequel to find out. Um, and also look up the first book in that series. You will find this um, in the new fiction section of adult fiction. It is available now under Fiction ALL. Our fourth one is another young adult, uh, and it is an LGBTQ plus fantasy. It's called Fire Becomes Her by Rosie Thor. Flare is power. With only a drop of flare, one can light the night sky with fireworks, or burn a building to the ground. And 17-year-old Ingrid Ellis wants her fair share. Ingrid doesn't have a family fortune, monetary or magical, but at least she has a plan. Rise to the top of the arm of Lyndon Holt, heir to the hefty political legacy, and the largest fortune of flair in all of Candance. Her only obstacle is Lyndon's father, who refuses to acknowledge her. So when Senator Holt announces his run for president, Ingrid uses the situation to her advantage. She strikes a deal to spy on the senator's opposition in exchange for his approval and the status she so desperately craves. But the longer Ingrid wears two masks, the more she questions where her true allegiance lies. Will she stand with the Holts or will she forge her own path? You'll have to find out by reading. And our fifth one is called Funny Farm, My Unexpected Life with 600 Rescue Animals. <laughs> Very different from the others by Lori Zaleski. This one is our only nonfiction on the list, um, and it is also on order, so you can put yourself on hold for this, um, but you just can't get it on the shelves yet. It will be here soon. And this is an inspiring and moving memoir of the author's turbulent life with 600 rescue animals. Lori Zaleski never aspired to run an animal shelter. That was her mother Dan Annie's dream. But her girlfriend, her, oh, I cannot read this one. 
Uh, she was determined, but from her girlhood, uh, she was determined to make this dream come true. 30 years later, as a successful businesswoman, she did it, buying a 15-acre farm deep in the pine lands of South Jersey. She was planning to relocate Annie in her caravan of ragtag rescues, horses and goats, dogs and cats, chickens and pigs, when Annie died, just two weeks before moving day. In her heartbreak, Lori resolved to make her mother's dream her own. In 2001, she established the Funny Farm Animal Rescue outside May's Landing, New Jersey. Today, she carries on Annie's mission to save abused and neglected animals. Funny Farm is Lori's story of promises kept, dreams fulfilled, and animals lost and found. It's the story of Annie McNulty, who fled a nightmarish marriage with few skills, no money, and no resources, dragging three kids behind her and accumulating hundreds of cast-off <laughs> animals on the way. And lastly, it's the story of the brave, incredible, and adorable animals that were rescued. I want to read that one so bad. You, <sighs> you know, I, I help at a rescue, so I, I, I love all animal books, and this one sounds amazing. I just think that if this is Annie's dream, this is also my dream. Yes. Oh, yeah. 600 is a lot, but yeah, I know we both have a soft spot for rescues. Maybe if you get a couple people to help you out, you, yeah. can, you can each split up the 600. You heard it here first. Library gals go to start a rescue farm as yes. our next ambition. We'll, we'll read to them. Yes. <laughs> they can take care of themselves. They'll be so smart. Right? <laughs> and then I'm going to throw in one last... Uh, uh, special bonus recommendation mm -hmm. and this one's also on order but in honor of Betty White beloved Betty White there is a picture book coming out called That's Betty The Story of Betty White by Gregory Bonsignor and Jennifer M. Potter who is the illustrator it's a kids book it is basically just the story of Betty White and who shouldn't know the story of Betty White especially with her recent passing which we are all so sad about but she lived an amazing life amazing career um, so I know I'm going to be reading that as soon as we get that so go ahead and put yourself on hold for that one and all of these uh, summaries that you're hearing uh, for the top picks are from Goodreads and we'll put those in our show notes, too, with links to the catalog, so you can put those on reserve. I love that Betty was also a big fan of rescue animals. Mm -hmm. One of the last times I was at the Columbus Zoo, there was a big plaque of uh, Betty White. There's a section of the zoo called Betty White Way where she had made a donation to the Columbus Zoo and had like a stretch on the way back to where the polar bears are. I think that's Betty Aww. White way back there. Yeah. I don't think I've ever paid attention Keep to that. Keep an eye out for I that. Have to look out for that it's next really time. sweet. Um, and also, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but speaking of Agatha Christie, I had a chance to see Death on the Nile Ooh. last week and it was gorgeous. Um, Kenneth Branagh, I think, kind of, you know, it, it wasn't my favorite movie. It was beautiful. Okay. Um, I have some trouble with Army Hammer, to be honest. Yeah. But, you know, good tie-in for Agatha Christie and new movies. Um, yeah, well, those all sound great. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I am going to do a quick review of one of my favorite reads from last year. Um, it's called The Ugly Cry by Danielle Henderson, and it is a memoir and I have to say, this is a library gal's go-to-the-library confession. I am terrible about remembering specific details about books after I read them. So I can always recommend something based on, yes, I liked it, no, I hated it. But if you ask me more than that, often my brain is like a sieve and I'll forget. <laughs> so I'm going to read my own review of The Ugly Cry and you'll see what I mean. And then I'm going to let the folks from Library Journal fill in the gaps because my review leaves much to be desired. So this is, again, The Ugly Cry by Danielle Henderson. This was an excellent, challenging, endearing, and heartbreaking memoir. Henderson's voice rings true throughout, and I want to be her friend. 
<laughs> so that was my very uh, prolific review of The Ugly Cry. Let me fill in the gaps here from Library Journal. That's amazing. Henderson, who is the host of the podcast, I Saw What You Did, which I'm going to talk about more in depth during our next episode, spent years of her childhood trying to earn the affection of her distant mother and dodging the anger and attentions of her mother's abusive boyfriend. When her home life boiled over into a level of violence that couldn't be ignored, Henderson and her brother were swept into the care of their no-nonsense grandparents. The epitome of tough love, Henderson's grandmother provided guidance as Henderson found herself navigating black girlhood in a mostly white upstate New York town. Henderson's personal journey from wounded uncertainty to determined self-confidence is moving, and her skill as a writer lets her balance the darker moments of her childhood with diverting recollections of all-day banishments from the house during the summer and catastrophic teenage trips to concerts in New York City. The narrative moves seamlessly from childhood to adulthood, and Henderson recounts her college years with a combination of fondness and regret. Ending Ending with a chapter about the memory of her grandparents, She writes powerfully about the slow reversal of their roles, with Henderson eventually becoming her grandparents' caretaker. Wow. It's so, so great. But one of the things that I think you would especially like about this is that one of the things Danielle talks about, not only in this book, but also in her podcast, is how her grandmother is obsessed with horror movies. Ha! I love it. So she was watching Halloween at the age of seven. She has had some really um, questionable advice from her grandmother (laughs) based on her upbringing of watching every Friday the 13th movie, every slasher film you can imagine. And that's just one of the many endearing things about this story. Uh, It's just, it was so well done. We were of the same age. I think we were born around the same time. So there are a lot of similarities in our growing up, but obviously not that many. You know, it was of the time where you were sent outside in the morning and you came home when the streetlights came on. That kind of thing where there's a little bit more... um, freewheeling wildness of children in your neighborhood where you could go do whatever you wanted. Um, Certainly, I cannot compare the rest of my childhood to Danielle's as it was very uh, tumultuous and troubled, but she grew up with such a great sensibility, has an amazing sense of humor, and is just an incredible writer, and this book was one of my favorites of last year. If you're looking to read anything else of hers, the only other thing that she's written that you may have heard of is... Uh, the feminist Ryan Gosling. Interesting. So the um, Hey Girl memes came from uh, Danielle Henderson and her book, and it's pretty hilarious. I highly recommend it. She has written a few other novels or books earlier, um, but The Ugly Cry is top-notch, and I highly recommend that one. I love those Ryan Gosling memes. I, I never knew that they were based on those. Yeah. I have one of them set as my one of my friend's profile pictures in my phone because... He slightly looks like Ryan Gosling, and mm-hmm. so it's like gave him like a boost. And, <laughs> but yeah, excellent. So, that sounds great, though. Yeah, it's really good. And I think that you mean that her grandma probably gave her really realistic, actually helpful advice. Because uh-huh. I'm guessing it's like how to outrun a killer. And stuff. Yes, always sleep with a knife, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Those uh, some of my favorite things are like when you have like the old like the old grandmother characters and like fairy tales and stuff and they sound like they're talking all crazy and then like they're the most helpful ones yes like uh, Angela Lansbury played a lot of those in like the 80s and 90s (laughs) it's so true I love it 
Um, and we also this week have some uh, great reach with our recommendations. We have a few of our other uh, staff members here at the library giving us some this week. First, we have Orange Branch's teen librarian, Rachel, and she has recommended um, a young adult book called The Hazel Wood by Melissa Albert. Teenage Alice and her mother are constantly on the run from what her mother calls bad luck. Bad luck can mean strange accidents or the presence of weird superfans of her grandmother's famous dark fairy tale collection, Tales from the Hinterland. Alice has never actually read them or been to the Hazelwood, her reclusive grandmother's famous estate. She and Alice's mother are estranged, although Alice has no idea why. Chalk it up to another one of the secrets that her mother seems to be keeping from her. Things are tense between the two when her mother is kidnapped by mysterious figures who claim to actually come from the hinterland, and Alice discovers a note in her mother's handwriting that says simply, stay away from the hazel wood. Naturally, Alice, with the help of her classmate Ellery, also a Tales from the Hinterland superfan, does the exact opposite of her mother's instructions and heads straight to the Hazel Wood for answers. What she and Ellery discover there about the hinterland, as well as Alice herself, will change everything. And she said that this book is delightfully sinister. The most intriguing part is how the story unfolds with bits and pieces of the dark fairy tales that leave you wanting more. And with names like The Skinned Maiden, Jenny and the Night Women, and Twice Killed Catherine, how could you not? Luckily, Melissa Albert published Tales from the Hinterland as a companion book, so you can actually read all of them in full. She has also continued Alice's journey in the sequel, The Night Country. And bonus, her next novel, Our Crooked Hearts, is out this June and also promises lots of magic, complex relationships between mothers and daughters and all-around creepiness. So it looks like you have a lot to, uh, to read and catch up on if you are a fan of the first Hazel Wood. Um, I've actually read this book also, and I love it. It's it's very fun. It's a quick read because it's it's fast paced, and um, yeah, the the uh, I have not read the Tales of the Hinterland companion book yet, but the little bits do leave you wanting more and wanting to read them. So I'm pretty sure she wrote it because of the fans. Like I, I she might have like had it in mind to do it, but like there were so many people asking for it. So that's such a cool idea. I wonder if she had written the fairy tales beforehand and then put those elements into the book or they were kind of being written side by side and the second one was published later that's, that's such a good, good approach yeah. yeah i like that well thanks for sharing that rachel um, and i'm also going to read a review from a library staff member we have a recommendation for survive the night by riley sager and this recommendation is coming to you from jenny in outreach Behind the wheel is Josh Baxter, a stranger Charlie met by the college rideshare board, who also has a good reason for leaving university in the middle of term. On the road, they share their stories, carefully avoiding the subject dominating the news, the campus killer, who's tied up and stabbed three students in the span of a year, has struck again. Traveling the lengthy journey between university and their final destination, Charlie begins to notice discrepancies in Josh's story. As she begins to plan her escape from the man she is becoming certain is the killer, she starts to suspect that Josh knows exactly what she's thinking, meaning that she could very well end up as his next victim. Jenny says, I love this book. It's fast-paced and many twists and turns works so well, which is fitting, giving most of the story takes place in a moving vehicle. The unreliability of the narrator at times added another layer to this speedy thriller that encompasses one long horrific night in 1991. Sager does a great job transporting the reader back to the 90s with the use of tape decks, jukeboxes, and payphones. The story would not have been nearly as deeply unsettling in the 2000s, where the situation could have easily been resolved with the use of cell phones. 
I could not imagine trying to survive a similar situation without modern-day technology. As a result, we feel just as helpless as Charlie, the main character. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. Yep, so that's uh, the Survive the Night by Riley Sager, and that comes to you from Jenny in Outreach. Thanks, Jenny. Yeah, thank you. I feel very much like like that. I, I always love the stories that are kind of set before technology took its huge boom. Uh-huh. But then I also think about, like, my phone battery dies really quick. <laughs> and I don't know if it's just because of, like, all the things that I use or keep running or whatnot, but I still think there's a chance in this day and age, if you're like me, that your phone's going to die. Yeah, you just end up, like, somewhere, <laughs> oh, whoops, I don't have any service. Okay, cell phone's out of question. Because you don't have the the inner instincts for directions and things like you used to because uh-huh. you're depending on this. So if that happens, I feel like maybe you're, you're screwed in different, I don't think, uh, yeah, you're screwed in a totally different way. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for sending those recommendations in. And for any listeners out there, please send us your recommendations. If you'd like to write us a review, we'd be happy to share it on air. You can be a star. You can have your 15 minutes of fame. Yes, indeed. And you can email those to us at libraryguys at delawarelibrary.org. Great. Well, we will see you next time. Well, I guess we will. you will hear us next time um, for our media episode, which will be coming in week two, where we will have some good stuff for you. And uh, by then, the uh, Audi Awards winners should be out. Yes. So we will be, be looking for all of those winners to recommend to you and uh, many other things. Can't wait. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Join us next time on Library Gals. Go to the library where we geek out about books, movies, and more. You can email us your questions, comments, or concerns, any feedback you like, at libraryguys at delawarelibrary.org. To check out all the digital resources mentioned in today's episode, or to request any items for your reading, viewing, or listening pleasure, visit DelawareLibrary.org. We'll see you soon.